0: Alara once was whole, but long ago the Sundering shattered the plane into five shards that drifted just beyond each other's reach. As the shards migrated, they slowly took on new shape, new life, new order. Mana lay lines were severed, denying each shard access to two colors of mana, which allowed those remaining to surge unfettered. One such shard lost its connection to green mana. Verdant bloom withered, vitality seeped, organic vigor all but lost. Its forests and beasts disappeared and the beautiful savagery of nature vanished. Red manna likewise was severed. Aggression and passionate emotion cooled. Sparks of ingenuity died. Spontaneity greatly diminished. The hot fires of chaos were tempered by careful consideration. Here, intelligence reigns. Here, control over all things instills purpose within the beings that dwell. Devoid of the natural, unpredictable vitality of life, a cold, calculated, and precise facsimile of metal has subsumed it. This world is sharp and austere, as close to perfection as can be attained by mortal hands, where knowledge is the greatest weapon, wielded by the sharpest minds. Here, mages telepathically assert dominance, artificers craft ingenious filigree constructs, and inscrutable sphinxes watch over a land as ponderous as themselves. This is the Shard of Esper. Esper is a world richly endowed with blue mana and is thus shaped by its strong ideals. Blue represents knowledge, the will, prognostication and mental fortitude. Its adherents crave information and value intellect above all else. Esper embraces such aspects fully. Its denizens are dispassionate, ruled by logic they seek to dominate others and their environments through powerful shows of cognitive acumen. Desperites are distant and aloof. Meticulous research and inexorable minds hungry for knowledge have crafted the most capable mages of Alara and produced unparalleled artifice. Blue's quest for control is supplemented by vibrant white mana ley lines. Unity, suppression of divergent thought, zealous persecution of nonconformists are all spawned from the marriage of these colors. But so too does white mana offer the pursuit of the pristine, obsession with exact and unstained lives worthy of perfection. This brilliant metallic light is counterbalanced by the presence of black mana. Selfishness, ambition, greed, all feed Esper's quest towards ultimate power through domination. Ruthless and insightful, black mana ensures that knowledge gained in research is not purely academic, but provides pragmatic and practical use for those daring enough to unleash its full potential. When combined, these colors create an intelligently designed world, immaculate, ruled by sublime foresight, and crushed by fear. Esper is a cold world of sharp metallic edges, its beauty crafted, its grandeur containing dark and dangerous undertones. But as with Alara's other shards, Esper is just as easily defined by what it lacks. Individuality is abhorred, displays of passion shunned, the chaotic forces of red mana snuffed out in favor of strict control. Likewise, life has been stifled, verdant growth and harmony present in green mana have depleted, leading to a stagnant husk replete with the artificial. Thus is born a shard of intention, a pristine progress and foresight, lacking the invigorating surge of fortuity and weighed greatly by suppression and ambition. The geography is as harsh and well-planned as the beings that dwell within. Vast oceans with depths unknown hide large leviathans and serpents infused with metal. Cities of architectural genius sit high atop rocky islands, infrequently breaking above the foaming surf. These glistening monuments of civilization evoke a sense of purity and conviction, but beneath, many hide sewer systems and festering ghettos where all manner of vice is employed and where nightmarish abominations lurk, seen in cards like Salvage Slasher and Sludge Strider, whose flavor text reads, Underneath the cities of Esper are cycles of life unseen by those who feed them. Above the salty waves and spires of Esper, massive storms rage and powerful winds surge, As a show of control, Esper Stormcallers have long since dominated these chaotic vestiges of nature, seen in the illustration of Countersquall, whose flavor text tells us. Each of the 23 winds of Esper is named and chronicled, and every possible interaction with the flow of magic is exhaustively detailed. Beyond the sea lies an equally vast desert of rolling sand dunes whipped by relentless gales. Upon closer scrutiny, the sands of the aptly named Glass Dunes are actually fragments of crystal, shards of discarded metal and glass reduced to dust. This inhospitable environment is on display in the illustration of Glass Dust Hulk. Central to Esper is the omnipresent and magically infused metallic alloy known as Ethereum. Ethereum can be found in nearly all things on the shard. Its life-extending and invigorating aura is used to combat the frailties and limitations of natural life. Artificers and filigree crafters shape new constructs out of the metal, which we can see in cards like Ethereum Sculptor and Master Transmuter. The faith in Ethereum is highlighted in the flavor text of Master of Ethereum which states, Only a mind unfettered with the concerns of the flesh can see the world as it truly is. The metal is a commodity, a show of status, and a means to craft the most advanced artifacts and structures known to Alara. Its presence and significance is highlighted in the printing of colored artifact cards. This is meant to represent that metal and steel suffuse all things on Esper, even those deemed natural, and is present through many cards within the block. For Esper mages, Ethereum is a symbol of enlightenment within the mind and perfection of the body. Flesh to them is weak, finite. All on Esper gather this rarefied substance, transmuting it to replace body parts as they progress ever more closely to mechanical purity. So obsessed with this process are those on Esper that a faction known as the Aethersworn have assumed responsibility of supplanting all natural life with Ethereum, a conversion they dub the noble work. We hear the chilling beliefs of these zealots in the flavor text of Aethersworn Canonist. The noble work of our order is to infuse all life on Esper with Ethereum. Our goal will be reached more rapidly if new life is suppressed. And in identity crisis, we hear, To join our ranks, one must be pure. To be pure, one must be blessed by Ethereum. To be blessed, one must forget oneself. The noble work is an arduous task due largely to the constraining fact that new Ethereum hasn't been wrought in centuries. Knowledge of the mystical rites involved in crafting ethereum was possessed only by the sphinx Crucius, who eventually fell from grace, was persecuted, and disappeared into myth. But fables tell of a red crystal humming with vibrant energy that was once used to shape the vital alloy, and many esperites dedicated their lives scouring the shard for any trace of the crystal. Esper is a meticulous and structured magocracy dominated by the hegemony of its ruling sphinxes. It's no wonder on a shard where knowledge represents ultimate power and feats of mental acumen lauded over physical deeds that those who wield the forces of magic also wield socio-political clout. Esper mages are the ruling elite in a strictly censored state. They display their prestige ostentatiously through their legions of driveling servants and homunculi, which we see in cards like Puppet Conjurer, while the flavor text of court homunculus grants insight into the social landscape. Mages of Esper measure their wealth and status by the number of servants in their retinues. Wealth and power are also measured by Ethereum. Mages who have largely transformed themselves with filigree and replaced flesh with metal command the greatest respect and resentment. In battle, Esper mages employ powerful countermagic to disrupt spells, dominate the wills of their foes, and utilize telepathic commands to control gargoyle constructs or knights in their employ. Ideas are a potent force on Esper. Chaotic danger lurks within. They're systematically suppressed, censored, and scrutinized by architects of will. Rogue thoughts are policed, propaganda distributed on Etherot pages to control the masses and shape their reality. Ideas are proscribed by Esper Sphinxes, for they represent the pinnacle of knowledge and arcane wisdom. Aloof and obscure, the Sphinxes prognosticate from regnal fortresses and deliver cryptic decrees based on their divinations. The strongest and wisest is Sharum, the Hegemon, who directs all aspects of intellectual pursuit to ensure a united Esper. The enigmatic Sphinx is assisted in disseminating their dogma by mentalists and by the Aethersworn, who enforce dictates with lethal conviction as seen in the Aethersworn Adjudicator. A faction of zealots and ethereum-crazed artificers known as the Seekers of Karmat center their operations within the impregnable, mysterious floating fortress of the Sanctum Arcanum. Here, they ponder Ethereum's mysteries and sojourn through the landscape and library alike to uncover Karmat, the mythical, crystalline substance purported to bear significance in the crafting of Ethereum. With no way to produce the foundational metal, and with current supplies exhausted, the seekers carry their task with desperate sincerity. Hope of returning Ethereum to Esper weighs on every thought. We see them in cards like Filigree Sages and the Vidalkan Outlander. Despite its oppression of divergent thought, there are those on Esper who oppose the Sphinx hegemony, thwart their architects of will, and ridicule the Seekers. Such minds are found in Pallandius, and in the flavor texts of Arcane Sanctum, we hear their contempt for the social order. We must rely on our own knowledge, not on the dogma of the Seekers or the mutterings of the Sphinxes. Other rogues find haven within the glistening walls of Vectis, a sprawling city built around pristine Etherot towers. Salvagers and thieves perform all manner of contrarian acts in the shadowed alleyways of Vectis, as we hear in the flavor text of Vectis Gloves. Thieves love technological innovations almost as much as artificers do, and the criminal syndicates that rule the city's underworld seen in Vectis Silencers. Below the metropolis is a labyrinth of waterways, waste dumps, and scrapyard tenements known as Tide Hollow. A locale suited for black market salvage, assassination, and subterfuge Tide Hollow is haven for Vectis's seedy activity, a sentiment echoed in the flavor text of Scepter of Fugue. One goes to Tide Hollow either to forget or to be forgotten. Either way, the scholars will oblige. Tide Hollow is a symbol of defiance against strict order forced upon Vectis by Sharum. As such, agents and artifacts of the hegemony frequently raid hideouts, related to us in the ardent flavor text of Mindlock Orb, which reads. Rogue Mechanus, once rubbaged through the waste of the Tide Hollow, constructing unauthorized golems to threaten the hegemony of the Sphinxes. The orbs put a stop to that. Though Esper is molded by rigid strictures, it's a shard of much diversity, typified by the races that dwell within. Briefly mentioned have been the winged, mystical Sphinxes who dominate minds and issue proclamations of the hegemony, enforced by loyal Esperites. Sphinxes are dubious unfathomable to the mortal minds by whom they are beseeched to share the tiniest hint of arcane wisdom. Knowledge is power to the Sphinx. These creatures speak in infuriating riddles, censor thought, and are harshly critical of those they deem unintelligent, as is the case with Magister Sphinx, whose flavor text reads, These benighted worlds are thick with ignorance. I will educate them. They will listen, or they will die. To secure steadfast devotion, Sphinxes have in their employ artificially constructed gargoyles. Their winged silhouettes purposely invoke the dark presence of their masters. We see this on display in darklit and tower gargoyles. A Sphinx is spiteful and selfish, with ill-contained ambition. Their chilling machinations are heard in the flavor text of the card Onyx Goblet. The goblet was a gift from the Sphinx Goriale who hoped humans and Vidalkin would eventually destroy each other to acquire it, leaving all of Esper to her own kind. Several other peoples inhabit Esper. Chief among them are the tall, thin, blue-skinned Vidalkin, many of whom share predilections towards magecraft and artifice. They number among the illustrious Seekers of Karmat and Ethersworn, but can likewise be seen in court as advisors and aides to the ruling Sphinxes, as seen in Sphinx's Herald. Some Vidalkin such as the Esper Stormblade, are effective stormcallers and gnoll mages. They beckon forth powerful gales to crush foes and inspire fear in would-be interlopers. Vidalcan have the highest number of Ethereum-infused members, which allude to the prestige and respect they command. Their filigree ingenuity on display in Ethereum Sculptor and sworn Shieldmate. Many Vodalkin and some humans number among domineering mind mages, which control voluntary subjects known as telemen through thought projection. As a puppet master pulls on the string of his creation, so too do mind mages command their telemen, instruments broken of will to carry about heinous deeds. We see their skill in telemen performance and hear their self-assuredness in Scepter of Dominance, which reads, Whether or not you will bow to me is not open to debate. The question is, Will I ever let you rise? The other sentient race comprises Esper's human population. With varying degrees of ethereum enhancements and equally ubiquitous among the highest courts and the putrid sewers, humans fill roles at every societal level. They're most densely populated within the glistening metal city of Vectus and its lower reaches that empty into underground tide hollow. Some are employed as assassins or architects of will for their hegemony. Others are zealous fanatics that have devoted their lives to the sworn. and others still have splintered from the Sphinxes to gather retinues of disaffected, downtrodden souls to salvage, spy, silence, or otherwise engage in illegal activity. Scurrying about Esper sanctums are diminutive, blue-skinned servants called homunculi. Crafted of metal and magically instilled sentience, Homunculi carry out their master's commands unquestioningly. We see them in Puppet Conjurer and Court Homunculus. The winds and clouds above Esper are domain to multiplex winged creatures, many of which have been sculpted from Ethereum. Drakes, like the Cloudheath Drake, stalk dangerous storms. Birds, such as the Cormorants, migrate island to island above the ocean's salty spray. And a most peculiar species of artificial floating jellyfish scour the land, their bodies a rapacious receptacle for scrap metal, seen in Esperzoa. With the conflicts of Alara, violent surges of red and green mana roll across Esper, introducing natural chaos that rattles the established serenity and perfect rule of the shard. Control, that all important ideal, loses its grip on Esper as red mana introduces passionate emotion, creative uncertainty. Sparks of ingenuity, whipped to a frenzy conflagration, overtake Esper as its denizens adopt new thoughts. Their attempt to maintain semblance of control is given with the flavor text of Celestial Purge which reads, This new chaos confounds us. We must fling it into our winds, our storms. These we can control. Such endeavors are illustrated in Spellbound Dragon as Esper mages dominate Jun's apex predators. Their failures equally illustrated in Molten Frame. Meanwhile, the vital force of green mana rushes to crush Esper's mechanized abominations, erode its ethereum, and revitalize its sanitized landscape. We see the speed at which the natural spreads in filigree fracture, which shows an ethereum coated sphinx shattering in reeds. The sphinx tyrannized Bant until a rock's mage tested the hardiness of her shiny parts. But green mana also offers insight. A hidden truth, deep and opaque, revealed only through close scrutiny of organic growth, order, and introspection. Some intellectuals forfeit the antiquated dogma of the Sphinxes and embrace enlightenment offered by nature. This is highlighted in the cards Vidalcan Heretic and Lorscale Coatal, which read Ethereum clouded my eyes, clogged my ears, desensitized my skin. Now that I can feel, I can begin to learn. And, the Enlightenment I never found in Ethereum I have found traced in the Coatl scales. The Conflux brings Esper into contact with Jun's Sangrite and Karmat, two naturally occurring resources integral to the creation of Ethereum that Esper has lacked for ages. The Seekers venture forth to dominate Jun's wilds and fill their stores with the minerals. Their purpose realized, Esperites can begin forging of Ethereum to fulfill the great work. This endeavor is initially undertaken by the mage Brea, who embraces red mana to fuel her mastery over the sculpting of Ethereum. She and her disciples inject invigorating hope into a shard that has been hopelessly stagnant. There are some who doggedly hold to tradition and view her cause as heretical, bringing nothing but dangerous disorder. Esper, a shard of cold calculus, of oppressive rule, of rigid strictures and unfeeling metal, It's a world in which every moment has been meticulously planned, every detail pondered, and every aspect controlled. It's home both to the most brilliant, capable mages and artificers, demonstrating their mental prowess in forge and sanctum, and to the most dogmatic, nearsighted minds, who shun all ideas that they themselves don't hold irrevocably true. This has created a land of great wisdom, chained only by its own limited world view. That small keyhole has been significantly expanded with Alara's merge as the conflux establishes a path to new ideas, new innovations, and new Ethereum. Will Esper prove too rigid, beholden to past truths to embrace a changing world? Or will it adapt, remold its filigree metals to assume control over a new order? One thing's certain, Esper will retain its mysticism, its mentality, and its master over artifice. Thanks so much for watching and listening to the Shard of Esper Explained, and stay tuned for future episodes in which we'll explore the remaining Shards of Alara. But now I want to hear from you. Let me know your thoughts on Esper's Mages and Artifacts, which race is your favorite, as well as suggestions for future videos in the comments below. And if you're a fan of Lauren's storytelling, be sure to subscribe to the channel, check out the podcast or the blog, where content is uploaded frequently. Again, a huge shout out to all of my supporters over on Patreon. Your patronage means the world to me and helps the channel grow and improve. If you're interested in becoming a lore luminary for access to me, a great community, written scripts, and early video drops, check out patreon.com slash to learn more. Until next time, go forth and explore the lore.